Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially, and to live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. All right, our next episode of the Empowered Life Podcast. Lisa P. here, and I'm so excited today to be chatting with my really good friend, Sarah Anna Powers. And, you know, we've got to know each other over the last month or so, and it's, you ever meet that person and you're like, oh, we have so much in common. Our stories are a lot aligned the way we feel about what we're doing in this world and the obstacles we've overcame and just living into the person that you were meant to be. That was what really drew me to to Sarah. And Sarah or Anna, what should I call you, Sarah? What do you prefer? I actually go by my middle name, which is Anna, but I will answer to anything nice. How about that? Okay, so Anna. So that really drew me to her, her story, her past, the things that she's overcome and the barriers that she's busting down and what she's doing in her life now. So Anna is from Mississippi and you're going to hear her beautiful, fun accent in a moment if you haven't already picked up on it. She is an attorney. You've been an attorney for how many years, Anna? Eight years. Eight years. Right. But the most exciting piece is you are a faith-centered coaching and copywriting person that has this wicked business that is crushing it and you're doing really well while you're being an attorney it's like whoa right (laughs) a woman on a mission and you're on the go however i know i'm like making it sound like da 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 the rainbows and the sunshines and the butterflies and life is good but we really were chatting about um obstacles that we've overcome and maybe not knowing what your path should be and not knowing what you want to do or going down a different path in your life because someone else told you that's what you should do or you would be better doing this you know don't don't go out and try to break the mold and do this kind of stuff so people put their opinions on you sometimes and you you take that as truth right and you had to overcome that so that's what i really want to talk about in this episode is what do you do when your heart's pulling you in one way, but everybody else or other people are telling you, no, 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 simmer down, you can't do that, who do you think you are, kind of stuff. So, so let me just start off by saying, Anna, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I have loved getting to know you. I think we were connected through a mutual friend um, yeah. of ours, so I'm grateful to that person for connecting us. And yeah, boy, do we have a lot in common. So I'm super excited to, um, to be able to speak with you about overcoming obstacles. Yeah, yeah. So let's dig in. Let's get right in. So you are a faith-centered coach. Yes. You are a copywriter and a business coach and a leadership coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a bit about what drew you to... A, being faith-centered, B, getting into copywriting, and C, getting into, you know, the leadership kind of piece. So what, what, what pulled your heart in that direction? So the whole faith-centered element, that's just so central to my, uh, to my core. I was raised in a Christian home, um, and I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. 
I love people. So if you don't love Jesus, I still love you because to me, that's Jesus is <laughs> actually loving people. Yeah. Um, but so that's a little bit different from how I, how I got into the business. That's just the core of who I am. And when I was starting my business and thinking about, do I bring faith into it or do I try to exclude faith? The answer that I came to was that there's no way I could exclude faith because I've built my life around these principles um, that I hold to and the things that I believe uh, are true. And so there's no way I could really leave it out. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hey, go big or go home. Let's just embrace it. And there's Bible verses on my site. And I um, pray with my clients if they're open to it. Of course, I would not force that on anyone. Um, but it's just a huge part of my message. I so love that. That's how the faith-centered portion came to be. And, um, and I just believe that faith is the foundation of of everything in life. So it's, it's gotta be there for me. Okay. And then with regards to the coaching and copywriting, man, I was interested in coaching from about the mid two thousands. But when I was about eight years old and watching the Cosby show, I saw Claire Huxtable and she was this powerful woman and she was an attorney. And I think on the show she had gone to Princeton and I was like, that's what I want to do that's it. I'm going to be an attorney. I'm going to, I love to talk. Um, I love to argue sometimes <laughs> Try to keep that in check. and I'm going to go be this. I'm going to go to Princeton. I'm going to be an attorney and the world's just going to open up for me and everything's just going to fall into place. And, um, I was blessed to be born with a certain level of intellect. So I had the capability to do that and really worked my tail off all through school. And my parents said, you know, you just do the best that you can do. And wherever you get into college, like you can go. So I was like, okay, I'm going to Princeton. And I worked so hard and got that big fat acceptance pack from Princeton and was like, ah, it's all, you know, it's all coming true. Everything that I've worked for. And that's what we're kind of told, right? You work really hard. You go to the amazing college everything just gets handed to you. You meet your Prince Charming, you know, everything is just handed to you if you do steps A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And as we know, that's not really how life works. So my parents um, both worked full time all the, you know, all through my childhood, they sacrificed to put me in good private schools. And when it came, came around to, to looking at paying for Princeton, they realized, whoa, we totally underestimated what it would take to give our child this. Mm -hmm. And whereas the state school was offering me a full scholarship and then some. So it's not that they said you can't go. They just basically said this would be really, really, really tough for us. And as a child, you don't want to make life tough on your parents, right? You want to, you know, it was very clear that everybody wanted me to go to Ole Miss, <laughs> University of Mississippi. Yeah. So I took the scholarship. I went to Ole Miss and, um, and I think from that moment on, something shifted a little bit in me. Something died a little bit inside because all those possibilities that I always believed I had, mm. it was like all of a sudden the, a door was closed. Mm. Um, and it really took me, let's see, oh my goodness, probably almost 15 years to really recover from that and begin to see the possibilities again. Mm -hmm. because I ended up, I, I worked for four years, actually, um, 
did a year of Swiss law school, taught in French as a Rotary Scholar, um, which was really amazing and incredible, and then came back and worked in the States for three years and then went back to law school mm. and came out right at the economic downturn, da, 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 you know, and, and so I had this great job and it's great on paper, great money, but man, it was just like the, the grindstone. I took, I think, three days off in the first year and a half. I missed my grandfather's funeral because I, ha I needed to, um, to work. I mean, it was, just, it was just not what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And then, lo and behold, they lost, uh, they, had, they had kind of some shifting in their business and came to me one day and said, we have to let you go. We love you. We love having you here. But we've had down, downturn in business and we have to let you go. And it was like, oh my goodness, I've done everything right. You know, I've worked, I've sacrificed, I, I spent Thanksgiving in the office. I've missed my grandfather's funeral and now I'm left with nothing. And again, what a blow and what a setback. But what I've learned is it's all about perspective. Mm. And through losing that first job, what I found was uh, another job that was a much, much better fit for me. Mm -hmm. um, with opportunities to learn whole new areas of law, surrounded by really brilliant attorneys um, who really gave me a respect um, that I hadn't experienced in that first place. Um, and from there, that's when things started to open up for me to be able to begin a business. So I've been talking a lot. I want to pause and like, see if any questions are coming up as I'm going through this whole story. Uh, so I have about a half a page of notes already on what you're saying. Okay. The first thing I want to say, I love just going back to even just being a faith centered leader. I love that there was no piece in you that wanted to hide that. Like you might've had that moment where you were like, I don't know how other people are going to take this. Maybe other people aren't faith centered. Maybe yeah. they're not, they don't believe in God. They're not overly spiritual. But I love how you said, that's okay. This is just who I am. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to serve you. And if you're okay with that, great. If you're not great, we can still coexist and love each other. And it's like rooted in love. I yeah. love that. And I love that you're just like, this is who I am. And I'm yeah. not afraid to show it because I think so many people struggle with that fear of judgment or fear of, oh, well, I really you know, want to put this out about myself, but I don't know how others are going to take that. Or, um, you know, there's nothing worse than I think being inauthentic because deep down inside that authentic piece of you will always want to come out and you might create that internal struggle if you're not just being who you are. Like it takes a beautiful place of acceptance and love to just be like, this is me, this is what I stand for, and this is what I want to rock and roll with. This is what I want to put out there. So I just think that's amazing that you said it's the core of who you are, and it's the core principle. So I think everyone needs to do some soul searching about what are your core principles? What do you stand for? What moves you? What does drive you? What are you passionate about, right? And you can never go wrong when you know what your core principles are. So I love that. The second piece, man, I was just shaking my head when it's like, you're painting the picture of like, 
the perfect white picket fence and like, you know, the knight in shining armor and the beautiful job that you love and you love driving to every day. <laughs> yes, that's you know, driving to it. <laughs> you, know, or, you know, it's like, that's not the reality for a lot of people. And that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes when you've been working, like you say, grinding, working, working. Your parents were working, you were working. Like so many people were working to make this dream come true. And then you're like, wow, that's actually not the dream that I thought was what I wanted. Or, or what do you mean things don't work out the way that I planned them to work out, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that adaptability and resilience piece is something that I think everyone in this world really needs to hone in on and try to get better at or try to master that, gosh, there are so many things that do not go to plan. There are so many things that you think are going to be a certain way and they're not, right? So it's like you've got to already have those core principles. What do you want to do with that once that happens? What happens if you build the dream and it's not the dream you actually wanted, right? What happens if, you know, go ahead, you're going to say something. Yeah. Well, I have a great question that your listeners can ask themselves when that happens. And I totally got this from Dan Miller, who's another coach and, and leader, but he, he mentioned that he asked himself this question, what does this make possible? Mm. So when things don't go the way you intend them to go, or you think they're going to go, you can ask yourself, what does this make possible? And just a small example, okay, me going to Ole Miss, I was more of a big fish in a smaller pond. Had I gone to Princeton, everybody there is brilliant. So what I found at Ole Miss was that the opportunities were just thrown at me right and left because they knew that I would appreciate those opportunities. And I got to go to this, it was like three weeks in the mountains in Williamstown, um, Massachusetts, this public policy institute. There were 30 people from around the nation and almost all of them were from either Ivy Leagues or like Stanford or, you know, just really highbrow institutions. And I got to go from the University of Mississippi partly because, of course, they value diversity. And here's this chick from Mississippi. <laughs> whereas my friends who were there who went to Princeton, who went to Harvard, would talk about how the flyer for that program would get ripped off the bulletin four times. People would keep stealing it and hiding it because it's so competitive and everybody wants those opportunities. Whereas at Ole Miss, lots of people, and I, I mean, I went back there for law school, so I love Oxford, Mississippi. I love the school, the institution, but a lot of people there were like, I don't want to go spend three weeks learning about public policy, you know, so yeah. here, she that to Anna, you know, hey, Anna, do you want to do this? Oh, sure, that sounds great, you know, and it was so easy for me, and it wouldn't have been like that had I ended up at Princeton. So part of it was that reframe of this thing that I thought was such a disappointment. Um, I had to, to start reframing that. And, you know, as a 19-year-old, you do the best you can. You know, your tools are more limited. As a 37-year-old now, I can look back and see how everything happened exactly perfectly to shape me into the person that I'm meant to be, to make me so, so, so grateful for where I am and appreciative um, for the things that have happened in my life that, that have gotten me to this place. Mm. And nothing is ever wasted. And so I, I, I always want to encourage people um, you know, just again, grinding away in the legal practice that gave me so much resilience and so much stick to and persistence. And again, such a level of gratitude for the things that have happened in my business.
Yes. And at the time it hurts and you're mm -hmm. upset or you feel these emotions. But as you said, it's beautiful to look back and to reframe it and to be almost like if your parents were never honest and said like Princeton is like, whoa, you would have never gone to Ole Miss, right? Right. At your job, if they would have never let you go, maybe you would have never left. Like maybe you would have never been the one to say, you know what? I don't want to miss you. I, I'm worried about my stability or you might still be there, right? So that was almost a blessing in disguise that they had to let you go, right? I wouldn't have left because, you know, as a single person with a mortgage to pay, like there's no way I wasn't happy, but you only know what you know. And so when I went over to the other firm and again, I, I mean, I say the Lord blessed me with a job in two months, which is pretty incredible. You know, most people have to look for longer than that. And I ended up at, at a more of a big law firm. And I remember actually calling one of my coworkers at that first firm and saying like, you need to think about trying to get over here. It's incredible. It's so great. Like, cause I only knew what I knew. I didn't realize that there was a better fit for me. And I'm not trying to knock that first place because they're great people there too. So I don't, you know, don't want to like dog or down anybody. And they gave me my first opportunity. Right. Um, but there are, there are environments and atmospheres that are better fits for individuals. And now the, the firm where I practice, there's, I went from a 750 person firm to a, a four attorney firm. Uh, and there's eight of us total, four attorneys and four staff, and I adore it. And I stayed at that large firm for, firm for almost five years until I really felt like, you know, this is not where I need to be anymore. I've learned so much here. I'm so grateful for this opportunity, but now I'm ready to move on to the next step and was able to, to find an opportunity at this smaller um, firm, which is very family focused and and again, has given me the opportunity to also work on my business as well. And they're, you know, fully aware and supportive of the business. And it's just so, so beautiful um, the way that it all unfolded. But I needed those stepping stones. I wouldn't have probably been able to get this job at this smaller firm had I not been at a very prestigious firm right. for about five years. Right. Right. So you, so you've got the tools. You're like, I'm going to build this side hustle. I need to about it. I've got this momentum. And in the beginning, it's kind of scary when you're opening your business. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, all these doubts and these fears and these worries, and you start to talk to people. And tell me a little bit about a conversation that you had with someone who you really valued, you still love, you still value, but then you kind of had a conversation about where you should go in your life with your business and it really impacted you. So tell me a bit oh, about that. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I want to encourage my own clients and anyone who, who listens to the things that I have to share to do is to really believe in yourself and trust your inner gut, your instinct and your calling as to what you were put on this earth to do. <clears throat> so when I started my business, I started out doing body image coaching. And that's largely because when I worked with my very first coach, who, by the way, I didn't know that she was a coach to help you build your business. I thought she was a career coach who would help me take my legal skills and like transfer me into a different kind of mm -hmm. job. I didn't really expect to go to her and build a business. Right. Um, 
but she heard my story, which was a struggle with anorexia from the age of 19 to 23, and then a struggle with binge eating around the age of 25, 26, and slowly getting myself back to a healthy place. And she said, you know, that's your story. And I really clung to that because, of course, I respected her. And she's an excellent coach. But I let that one story define me and shape the course of the whole almost first two years of my business, like the first year and 10 months of my business was body image coaching. And I had a mentor at that, the big firm that I worked at, who um, was also a very dear friend. And I remember having this moment where I was like, you know, the, the body image message will always be a, a passion message for me. It will always be a ministry for me. I feel really strongly about it. Um, but that's not really where I want to live. Like, that's not where I, I, I want to help people build their platform and find clarity on their purpose and build their business and spread their message. And I had a conversation with my mentor and I said, you know, I think I want to do leadership coaching. And she said, she said to me, well, Anna, I don't really think that's going to work because like I would learn health from you because you're super healthy and you model that, you know, you eat well and you exercise and you're fit, yada, yada. But you, you know, and she was at a higher status in the firm than I was. She was like, well, I mean, I wouldn't go to you for leadership because like I'm at, and I'm paraphrasing of course, but I'm at this higher position and you're a staff attorney. You haven't really had a lot of success in the law firm as far as the partnership track. And so I don't know that people would really look to you for leadership coaching mm -hmm. and oh, it hurts so much, but I knew that she really, or at least I believe that she truly cared about me and that was her honest opinion. Um, and I do think that was her honest opinion. That was, yeah. she wouldn't have come to me for leadership coaching. Okay. Why did I put so much weight on what she thought? And I really did. And I was looking to pivot at that point. And then I was just like, okay, okay. I can't do that. I can do health because I'm healthy. And, um, and so I spent probably an additional, I don't remember exactly when that conversation happened, but probably an additional six months doing wellness when I knew it was time to move forward. And, and the way that I made the transition was in a coaching program um, that is called iHeart Coaching that I was in. We had a, a VIP day in London and um, my coach, Emily Williams, stood me at the front of the room and basically gave me permission to do what I always wanted to do. Now, why I needed permission from Emily Williams, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but isn't that how we are sometimes as people? We're looking to people outside of us yeah. to confirm and validate. And ultimately, a really great coach, you know, which Emily is, will be able to pull that out of you, what is already there inside. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do for my clients is say, what do, you, what do you love? But I truly believe that's why I was so blocked in my business mm -hmm. is because I was trying to do something that I cared about, but that wasn't really what I was meant to do. And once I shifted over to, okay, I'm going to do business coaching and success coaching and leadership. Um, it just, the doors just swung wide open for me. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing when you realize, I love the way you reframe that as well about, you know, your friend, the attorney that was like, you know what, but she wouldn't come to me. Like, she's not my tribe. She's not my people. She wouldn't be somebody that would, you know, pick up what I'm putting down but there's a sea of so many other people that will, right? So, yeah. you know, we do as humans 
our brain is trained to focus on the negative or to think about the can't or the won't or the won't be possible or the negative review or the person that says that. And you're right. It's like, you've got to reframe it. Not that you need permission, but you've got to pull out. Like I said, Emily pulled out what was inside. Yes. It was already there. Your heart and your gut were already telling you go that way. You just let the doubt set in because someone you really valued gave you their honest opinion. Her honest opinion. And she wasn't trying to crush my dream. I mean, she was trying to help me. Right. And, and oftentimes we, in building a business, we face resistance from the people who love us yes. because they want us to stay safe. Yes. So they're not trying to smash, you know, crush our goals. You know, they're trying, it's so funny. Now we say crush your goals is like a positive thing, but I mean, they're not trying to, to, um, crush your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What they're trying to do is keep you safe and protected and they're doing it the best way that they know how. But when you know what you're meant to do, you have to like put your head down, laser focus and just go for it. And, and find those people around you who get it. Yeah. That's why these group programs, masterminds, things like that are so valuable. So you're surrounded with those people who understand it and then just go for it. Mm -hmm. Totally. I always say when people give you criticism, it isn't always criticism to squash you, like you said, or criticism to hurt you. It's just an opinion, yes. right? Like that's what I've been really trying to work on because as you build a business and you put yourself out there, there are people that are going to love you. And there are people that, are, that aren't going to love you. There are people going to jive with you and love your style. And there are people that are not going to jive with you and not love your style. Right. And it's just an opinion. Right. Just an opinion. Like, don't put any more weight behind your worth or your value or your drive or any of that on someone else's opinion. It's just their opinion. We all have opinions, right? Yeah. So, like you said, you've got to dig deep inside, stay focused and spend time with the people that are aligning and doing the same things you're doing, that are building their dreams and, and going after, you know, that's one of the things I think that that drove me to you is I'm like, we're in it. We're in, we're, we're, you know, we're doing, we're building different things, but we're, our mindset is in the same track. Right. And that's where it's like, you want to constantly surround yourself with people that are doing the same kinds of things that you are. Right. Yeah. So business, tell me a bit about what, what does it look like now managing though your your full-time job with your side which you know your side hustle that's becoming your, your real hustle like because for a lot of my people we balance a lot and that's like a, a common woman thing you know men too but that's a very common woman thing nowadays whether you have kids or you don't whether you're a spouse or you don't you got a full-time job a side job a hobby like we manage a lot as yeah. As people. So, so what does that look like for you trying to balance and juggle all those things? And my hats are off. My hat is off to, you know, the wives and the moms. I uh, don't have a romantic relationship currently and I don't have kids. So that does free up a lot of time for me. So the hours that I'm not in the law office, you know, before I go in, I'll be working. When I get home, I'll be working and I work on the weekends, pretty much every weekend. So again, this is because I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I'm so grateful to get to do the work that I do and to get to serve the people that I 
want to serve. Um, so that is a big test. You know, how much do you want it? Are you willing to give up your TV? I used to watch the Real Housewives of everything. <laughs> I now watch the Real Housewives of nothing. <laughs> I haven't even turned on my TV in probably six months. Haven't, you know, so there are sacrifices involved, but I truly believe that we make time for the things that we want to make time for. Yeah. And you know, we all have 24 hours in a day. So the other piece, um, okay, so the willingness to do the work. And that doesn't mean sacrificing your health. So I, you know, as you know, I'm working on actually getting enough sleep. That's super important. It makes me more effective at law and at my business, yeah. um, especially with what I do with copywriting for people, sales pages and email funnels. I need that creativity. Yeah. Um, I, I do CrossFit. I joined a CrossFit box. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little raw, Anna. Raw. <laughs> I never thought I would join across the gym, but I did, and I love it. So I, I really reg regularized, normalized my workouts so that I know I'm getting my workouts in. I um, order vegan meals from Sakara. It's a company that will ship you like five days of vegan meals, mm. and that way, I love to cook but the time is limited right now. And so I'm trying to set up these systems that help me be most maximize, maximize my time where I can make the most impact. Mm. And then the other thing um, for people to look at is actually building out a team. I probably waited far too long to hire an assistant, but bringing on an assistant made a world of difference. Just the engagement in my Facebook group went way up um, because she, you know, helped me put together like a posting schedule and schedule out my social media. And um, so I, I think, you know, as much as you're able to put in place that help. And then on some of my copywriting projects, I'm able to use contractors to help me with, you know, first drafts. Of course, I always do the initial client intake and the meetings with them. Um, but that's the way that I work. I have a, a long questionnaire and then I get on a video conference and that's recorded. So, you know, I'm now starting to build out a team where I can send those recordings to contractor, have them, um, make the initial notes and then that saves me time of course everything comes through me and gets my stamp um but that helps as i'm as i'm building the business as well i love that two things that jumped out at me systematize and get help build a team yes. right? yeah right. that's a common thing that we struggle with as well is you're not going back to that being focused what are the tasks that need you that yeah. you the needle moving things that you should be focusing on, right? What can you get help with those other things? And it's not that you're above it or you can't do it or but it's just there. You are being called in a way to serve that requires you and only you in this one thing, right? So it's like, that's where you don't want to be distracted by those other things. So you need a team. And I love how you systematize. And I always preach that, that and I do preach it because I'm like, this is important people. Um, you, the less decisions that you have to make, the better. If you leave it up to, I'll get my workout in whenever you won't. Right. Oh, maybe, you know, I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. You won't make something healthy. You'll grab something like, the more that you can have planned and the less you have to think about it, the more structured your day will be. You know, I have people that are like, I don't like to plan. I don't like to prep. And I'm like, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. You're actually setting yourself back instead of propelling yourself forward when you don't have systems or team. So I love that you said that. 
Yes. And what I found with regards to the planning, the meals and the prep for that, um, because I do love to cook and goodness, I love to eat. I'm kind of a foodie, but I found like that, that decision fatigue, the more my business grew, the more creative I needed to be, um, the more clients were coming in the door and then the law practice, you know, is, is busy and I would get to the end of the night and, and be like, what in the world? I mean, I don't, rice or quinoa and it felt like this like earth-shaking decision right? <laughs> you know what are we going to do with our stir fry brags amino acids or soy sauce you know who knows <laughs> right like okay this is a piece that i can outsource and this would help me so i think it's important to look at what's going to move the needle like you said the most for you mm -hmm. to plate and mm -hmm. cooking with it for me <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Now I want to circle back for a second, if you're willing to dig in a little bit here. Um, and you probably know what I'm going to ask you. So your health. So you shared about how, you know, at the beginning of your coaching was this body image stuff because you had gone through a personal, you know, experience with being, you know, one side of the spectrum yeah. and being another side of the spectrum. Yep. And we know as entrepreneurs, you know, my moms, my wives, you know, those people on the call as well, like we always want to be the best person we are, the healthiest person we are, the happiest person we are. And our health is everything. You know, yeah. we were just talking about that, how, you know, we've had a few people in our life that have had some health crises and things. And you're like, whoa, that really puts in perspective how if you don't have your health, nothing else can fall into place right so so tell me a little bit about that journey where have you obviously you are in a much better place now you're much stronger place right not that you were weak before but you've got you know you just got maybe like you said more capacity more tools more reasoning more help you're just in a different place now what helped you get to that place from that place that you struggled which we all struggle mm -hmm. in our health to that place where you are now so um i believe it was a god thing and it was also a a complete mindset shift so my identity was so tied to being thin and um that was what i thought made me desirable made me you know look like the cover of the magazine etc i thought i had to be that 105 pounds 110 pounds and i'm five seven so that's very small um to to get where I wanted to go in society. And, um, and then when I went to treatment and kind of quote tackled that part of it, I, my body got healthier. I got up to like 120, which is still very light for me, but at least I was able to um, function normally. Mm -hmm. But my mind still wasn't healthy. So I was still, I used to pray, um, dear Lord, you know, please bless this food and help it not make me fat mm. or some variation thereof. And that's, you know, I try to be very non-judgmental, but I'm going to make a judgment call and say, that's not a healthy prayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just so focused on the appearance. And so little by little, um, I had some, some changes in my, in my life and, the year that I was about 25, I went through a depression and I just started eating. And I think my body was so conditioned to not having great amounts of food that it just kind of clung on to everything. And very rapidly, I gained a lot of weight. So I went from, you know, from that small weight to like 220 pounds. Um, and all of a sudden I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. And I, it was just this, this moment of shift where I, I, 
realized, you know what, I'm the same person inside now at 220 pounds as I was at 135 when I looked like the cover of the magazine, as I, you know, when I was muscular and fit, as I was at 105 when I was emaciated, I'm the same person. And I believe that God created me for a purpose. And it was so interesting to gain all that weight because people did treat me differently. You know, when I first, I lived in Atlanta that year, when I first moved up there and was a lower weight, I would go like, um, you know, eat dinner at, at a bar by myself, like sit at the bar and they would give me like, a free drink and a free dessert. And then over time, as I get bigger, like no, no more free stuff, no more free stuff. Um, yeah. And it was, it was very easy because it happened so fast for me, that weight gain to, to watch the change in reaction. Mm. But what I realized was that's crazy because I'm the same person inside. Why are people treating me differently? Yes. And once I just embraced, you know what? I'm Sarah Anna Powers. I am who I am. My beliefs and my values are the same and God loves me and he's not mad at me for, for eating up to this weight. He's not angry with me. He just wants me to have a happy, joyful life, loving and serving him. And that's what it was, uh, you know, for me because of my faith background, it was seeing myself as already loved and already beautiful and then making decisions from that place oh, I'm loved. I don't need to eat eight pieces of pizza. I'm, I'm already loved. Like, I don't need to find my love in this pizza or this wine or, you know, whatever I was taking, these cookies, these donuts. Um, I'm already loved. And the other thing that I did was to start treating myself like I was deserving. So, you know, as I gained weight, I couldn't fit into my clothes. And I, I like nice clothes. I like clothes that, you know, are good quality. And I like textures and the way things feel against your skin. So I'm always into quality, but as I gained weight, I was like, okay, I don't want to spend a ton of money on new stuff. So I'll just go to old Navy and nothing wrong with old Navy, but you know, I, I'll just go to target or whatever. And so at some point I was like, you know what? No, this isn't me. This isn't the type of clothing that I wear. So I'm going to go to the boutiques and I'm going to find a boutique that has a size 16 and I'm going to buy it. And so I bought like a nice, it's a, it's a dress. Remember um, that was popular when Kate Middleton started to, to wear their dresses, you know, and their wraps. And so, you know, they have a little give in them. And so I found things that I could wear that were polished rather than just covering myself in the sweatshirts and the khakis. Mm -hmm. And um, that went a long way. I bought nice perfume. I lit nice scented candles and I just started treating myself like I deserved it. And that went a long way for me as well. That's awesome. I love, wow. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love and deserving. Like I just, yeah. even that, like just that mantra came to mind where you're like, I am loved. I, I just, you know, I'm deserving. I'm already loved. I'm already enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, as we know, we see that, that, that self-worth, we wrap it up in so many other things when it's already there. You're already enough. As you said, it doesn't matter what number on the scale you are, what size and clothing you wear. You know, it's coming from that internal place of love to say, it doesn't matter. The external doesn't matter. The internal is what's important. And you're able to find that healthy place. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and we're create. I mean, I believe, you know, we're created with beautiful and unique souls, each and every one of us. And that exists no matter what the body looks like. I mean, heaven forbid, you know, you could be in an accident and your whole body could change, you know, functionality in, in, a, in a split second. Does that make you any less of who you are? 
No, right. So, so to honor the soul of people and to recognize that everyone has struggles and we all deal with them a little differently. Mm-hmm. And some people, it gave me so much compassion. I'm so grateful that I gained that weight. Like if I could go back and do it again, I wouldn't binge eat again because that wasn't healthy. Right. But, but I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned because it gave me so much compassion. Whereas before I might be like, why can't they just stop eating? You know, I, cause as an anorexic, as an anoretic, if you use, say the grammatically correct term, I, I restricted myself from eating. So there was this, so why, why don't they just stop eating these people who are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Whoop, you froze on me there. Oh, oh, there we are. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. So I'll pick up, I'll pick up at that point. Um, but how much compassion I gained from gaining that weight um, to be able to, to understand that perhaps a person who's obese is just dealing with his or her pain through food, just like I was dealing with my pain when I was anorexic by restricting my food. But the pain is the same and the human connection is the same. And so to come at people with compassion rather than judgment. Mm, That's huge. That's huge. Exactly. You know, we all feel pain. We all hurt. We all have those feelings. As you said, it's, it's never about the weight. It's never about the external stuff. It's about having that compassion, being that lending ear, being there for someone when you know they're struggling through something. It's just being expressed through their body or their choices or those sorts of things, right? Yeah. And it's all, it's that, it's that human connection that to know that you're not alone. We all struggle. Like you said, we all have pain. It's just we express it differently and we get help in different times with things that we need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it made me think about like, People are only going to care about it. We, we hear it, how you make them feel. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know, people won't yeah. remember what you said or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And it's the same thing. It's like, you could be rocking your size 16. And if you're happy and confident and vibrant, people are going to want to be around you. People are going to gravitate to you. People are going to want to work with you. People are going to want to go out with you and have fun with you. And as opposed to you being like, Oh, you know, feeling so self-conscious or worried or beating yourself up. Like nobody cares the fact that you're size 16, right? You care about your joy and your vibrancy and your happiness. So, you know, and, and, and I don't want to make it sound like this is an easy road to be like, just be happy. Just be. Oh my goodness. It was such a long road. I mean, I lost the weight over years. I did it very slowly in a very, um, yeah, but that was the way that worked for me and that felt great to me because mm-hmm. before I looked at it from that perspective, I would actually write, I would say, okay, I can lose two pounds a week. And I would write out in my calendar, okay, now I weigh two, 220. Next week I'll weigh 218. And I would journal it out like six months down the road. Okay, so like by in half a year, I'll be at my goal weight. And then I would fail one week, fail, you know, yeah. in quotation marks, yeah. and, and just toss it all out and start over and put the same numbers in. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with that. I don't even care what I get to. Yes. I don't care what weight I get to. I'm just going to eat in a way that is nourishing to my body and that, you know, makes me feel physically good. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. Totally. Totally. And getting help, I think, was so key. Yes. Like, anyone that's struggling with anything you are stronger by going to get help you're stronger by simply saying 
my like latest phrase is I'm like, I'm not okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with these emotions. I don't know what to do with these feelings, but mm -hmm. I'm not okay. And I need help to get through it. And it's like, you don't have to have the answers. You just have to have the strength to go, you know what? I need, I need to go speak to someone. Right. So that, that must've been big for you, like huge for you to be able to say, you know what? I'm not okay. And I need some help. That's actually a really important piece that I, that I hadn't discussed in this interview. So um, after I was in treatment, I was on a couple of medications. Like I think, um, um, what was it? I haven't been on medication for about a decade now. So it's hard for me to remember. I think it was Lexapro and Effexor. Like one is for depression and one is for um, stress, like um, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a school teacher, made pennies in the States. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but I think I made $27,000 a year gross. So that's like before taxes come out. Um, and my medicines were, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. And so I had been kind of in recovery for a while. And I thought I really can't, you know, I told myself I couldn't afford these medicines. I don't want to put them on a credit card. And so, and I was working, you know, at night tutoring people and I was tired, you know, I wanted a break. Like, let me just work like one job, please. <laughs> and so I quit taking my medicines and I do believe that had, you know, again, I've been off medication for years now, but there was a weaning down process. And so again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving any medical advice. Of course I give my legal disclaimer, no medical advice is being offered. But, um, when I just took myself by my own free choice off those medications and kind of gave up that support again, cut back on therapy because it was expensive. And, and that's actually when things started to really go downhill for me. And one key piece that I didn't mention after, of course, I think the biggest thing was the way that I started viewing myself, but I did get help. And I basically begged um, my family to please help me get in to see a psychiatrist and and was able to get back on the medication that I needed. I only saw him maybe once every couple of weeks, but just that, you know, was so helpful in processing and knowing that there was someone on my team mm -hmm. and that I was supported. And so that's something that I'll say, you know, is there are things that you know that you need and don't convince yourself that you can't afford them. You know, don't let your health go because of money. Mm, that's such a huge, huge take home point. Huge. And I just admire you and your strength and your vulnerability and your honesty. I mean, we're talking about some deep, deep stuff. Honestly. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like asking you all this deep stuff, but it's real. You know, we don't, we don't talk about it enough. We, we see these pictures on social media and magazines as we talked about, and we think this is, it, it comes easy to people. And what are, what am I doing wrong? Why am I lacking? Why can't I be that? And it's like, no, we all struggle. We all can use some help. We all can build a team. You know, I just, I really admire the obstacles that have been thrown your way in your life and how you've chosen to reframe it go back to who you are, go back to your core principles, go back to loving and serving and leading everything you're trying to teach people or that you are teaching people yeah. while going back to loving and serving and leading with your faith, with what matters to you, you know, with what drives you. And I'm just blessed that you're in my life and that we can be doing interviews together. So I have one final question for you. 
what are you looking the most forward to like in your life in the next, what is it like July, August, we're in August already. Oh my gosh. In the next like five, six months, end of the year, like when the ball is dropping on new year's Eve, what are you going to be like? Oh, that was the, Oh my goodness. What a loaded question. (laughs) You know, I, I'm looking forward to how life unfolds in the relationship aspect. I know it's totally different than um, the typical business, the business answer, but I love my business. I adore my business. And I believe that we're put on earth to connect with other people and to do life together. And I've had a lot of shifts in my relationships this year, um, romantic and friendships and, and everything. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes over the next six months in in that area because it's an area where I'm going to be intentional I love it I love it and that's the thing you know you you have to look at everything in life you have to look at your health you have to look at business you have to look at relationships you have to look at your home like it all matters right like people always think they have to answer business or but that's real you're like I'm doing good in business. Yeah, that's my honest answer. I mean, I hope, of course, that um, my business continues to grow and I continue to get to work with amazing clients. I had a client who had a 50K launch recently. I just worked, I know, whoop, whoop, yay, yay. (laughs) I've started doing a lot of like full launch copywriting packages. I definitely want to um, work with more people in that arena. So business-wise, I have very concrete goals. But um, the things that I find really exciting are the the surprise things you know the things that you that that are so much better than you even expected Mm -hmm. and so I believe that those things are on their way and yeah I'm like I'm ready to (laughs) I'm ready for those things I'm ready for you Mr. Wright (laughs) there's waiting for you come on in she's ready I can't wait to see that unfold for you because you are an awesome woman you deserve the best. You've worked hard to be the woman that you are and, you know, just celebrating you and all that you're doing. So if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to know how, how you can help them, whether it's copywriting or leadership or whatever it is, whether it's faith-centered, loving and leading, how do they get in contact with you? So you can always find me at sarahannapowers.com and I'll spell it out because there's no H on the Sarah. So it's S-A-R-A-A-N-N-A-P-O-W-E-R-S.com. And my email is Anna at sarahannapowers.com. I'm Sarah Anna Powers all throughout social media. So yeah, you can sign up for my email list. I give a freebie for faith-centered, um, for success strategies, faith-centered women do daily. And I'm easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) She's out there. She's ready for you. So, (laughs) Anna, thank you for spending the last, you know, hour with me. Yes. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on and giving me the privilege of, of speaking in front of your audience. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life and we're in each other's lives. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what unfolds over the next six months, year and beyond. You got it. The sky is the limit, right? So I know this message is going to serve many. So we're wrapping up. That's our last episode here of The Empowered Life. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to The Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.